Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 296 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out here on a, on a Sunday, on a spring Sunday? Oh, we got a dandy show for you today. That's not true. I just lied to you. Look at this. Eight, 15 seconds in, I'm already lying. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, well, I just came back from vacation. Oh, I'm always on vacation. I don't have a job. I have a position. Um, yeah, out in Edmonton for a few days. Uh, some would say going to Edmonton isn't much of a vacation, but, uh, I always say anytime you're not at work, it's always a positive. So, um, no, I had fun out there though. I, I actually, I enjoy going to Edmonton and, uh, um, Yeah. What should I do for, I hear I'm sitting in the dark here on Saturday night, it's uh, 9.15, kind of thinking what, what am I, what am I going to talk about? Um, well, I got some news and notes, uh, I actually have an interesting what if that, uh, I know, I hope the guys don't, well, they put it on Facebook, so it's not like I'm, you know, talking out of school, so they did put it up on the internet for the world to read, so, um, the two Chris's, uh, Y2J and of course my boy Napes out in Vancouver, um, just kind of had a little brief back and forth about the whole Crowder Craig Cox thing when Crowder really took it to Cox there in Vancouver, in uh, Vancouver. Um, it's kind of an interesting little what if thing. So we'll talk about that. Um, player, my uh, player spotlight. I'm back doing the player spotlights. Um, I, I had talked about him. Well, I must, yeah, I talked about him when I did the Jay Rosehill one. Uh, Luke Gazdick, um, him and Rosehill had a great fight, which when I was going down the Rosehill rabbit hole, I'm like, yeah, goddamn, there's another guy, Gazdick. I, re- I was kind of digging that. So I'm like, I'm going to kind of uh, uh, refresh on, on Gazdick. And then as I was sitting in the hotel room, flipping channels, who comes on my, apparently Gazdick's a commentator now, or he's between, I don't know. I don't want, as anybody who listens to this show knows on any regular basis, um, I don't watch hockey so anymore. Gazdick was on Sportsnet or CB Hockey Net Canada. I don't know. He was, no, it wouldn't have been Hockey Net Canada because I was there during the week. So it was on Sportsnet, I guess. They have him on between periods. Whatever. He was good. But that's sort of, I'm like, oh yeah, Gazdick. Okay. That's who I'm going to do the player spotlight on. Um, anyway, actually, as I, I, I kind of, uh, uh, was just on my phone here before I got on here and I was sort of reading. And, uh, I, I think, uh, for those, uh, we gotta, we gotta tune into the, uh, the annual New York City police versus New York City fire department hockey game. Uh, Spit and Chiglets has been really pumping it out. And apparently they had two of the guys on in studio and like shit got heated. There were a lot of yapping back and forth. I know that game gets heated anyway. And there's been a brawl or two over the years while apparently Barstool, um, 
broadcasted this game. Biz is doing commentary on it. And uh, apparently there was a little bit of a brawl at the end of the first period. And then towards the end of the game, there was a bunch of fights and apparently a KO. Uh, I just read on Twitter. Now, again, that's just reading on Twitter what happened. But uh, I'm going to have to go back and uh, and check out the, uh, the, uh, the whole game here. Um, yeah, cause that'll be, I know those, there's heat between the, the police and the fire. So, uh, and things always get rammy there in New York for that charity game. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to tune in. Plus with, uh, Bissonette working the commentary, that just makes it even funnier. So, um, that'll, that'll be cool. I'm gonna have to check that out. But, um, oh, well, we should get into, well, before we get into a bunch of, well, before we got, before I got down here. Of course, my wife and I, we ate supper or whatever. I'm, I'm just doing the dishes real quick before. We have a dishwasher, but it's like I seldom, we we seldom use the dishwasher. Most of the time, I'll just wash the shit. Because it's like, you know, dishwasher runs for half, half 45 minutes, blah, blah, you know, whatever. Uh, it's like I can do the dishes in like five minutes. So I'd rather do that than like listen to the dishwasher. And who is texting me? Are you serious right now? Um, and it, uh. You threw me off. Now, now, oh, I got now. I got to hit pause. Yeah. See now that now I'm getting all thrown off here with my stupid phone. Um, well, I'm, now I have to. I just have to kill that whole bit because I don't know. Oh yeah, the oh uh, yeah, the washing dishes thing. No, I was just gonna say I'm sitting there tonight washing dishes. We had ribs and mashed potatoes, and it's like. It's like we have the amount of fucking dishes like we had a fucking dinner party. Like I just looked at the white there's like three coffee mugs in the in the I don't drink coffee. There's three coffee I'm like why do you need a uh, fucking new mug every time you get something to drink? Like you need a new glass? Like oh. I don't know. Yeah, there's there's enough dishes in our sink for a dinner party and it's just my wife and I, you know. So, I don't know what's going on. Anyway, now that that was belabored to the to death, um, <laughs> well, let's. Uh, well, first of all, like I said, I'll, t- I'll talk about uh, the uh, the the network. As I said, there's a, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. Of course, playoff time, and of course, all the podcasts are amping up for that. Uh, well, I guess majority of the podcasts are amping up for that. The other podcasts we'll be talking about is talk to you next season. But uh, all the every NHL team has a podcast, so. Uh, Whatever team you're a fan of, there is a show for you. Of course, Terry Ryan is also on the network, and of course, he is busy um, filming. He's in Sudbury right now, filming Shorzy Two, and or season two for Shorzy. We'll spit it out, and uh, so I'm sure as he's on set um, and he's around all those guys, I'm sure he'll have them all on at some point um, to do uh, on his show. Although apparently, Jared Keisel, the star of the show, uh, doesn't do podcasts. He's actually made that quite clear to everybody. So, uh, I, I guess unless Terry can break him down, but, uh, I think, uh, that won't be happening. Keisel doesn't do podcasts apparently. So, um, but I'm sure the rest of the guys on the, on the show will do it. Um, and then of course we got, uh, old Jolton Joel Lazito there of the Nordique. Well, he's got a, the man of numerous podcasts. I don't know. He's got the, the, the Knuckles Nordiques podcast, the Nordiques Knuckles podcast and, uh, Coliseum Chronicles. It's an Islander podcast that he revives now and he brings back from the dead now and again to pay if he runs into somebody. Uh, I don't know what's next. Who knows? We'll, we'll see. Uh, maybe a travel blog. I don't know. 
who knows? Joe's everywhere, you know. He's like he, uh, he's like a fart in the wind. So, uh, I you know, and uh, but tremendous back catalog. Check out Joe's shows. Joe's a good dude. Uh, I'm gonna get a hold of Joe here. Uh, well, I know he's listening to this. Joe, I'm gonna get a hold of you this week, and uh, we're gonna set something up because I'm gonna have you on the show. And uh, so that's that. And uh, also. As I said before, he, he's back. Like fungus on a shower curtain. You can scrub and scrub and you think it went away and it always comes back. The Five for Fighting podcast, Alec, there. Uh, although he comes back and I think he's he's planning on doing, for right now, a couple shows a month. Um, and, uh, and we'll see how it goes. But he actually just wrapped up his Clash of the Coast tournament. And uh, I believe that was won by Sean Allen. He beat uh, Darian Skiho in the final. 1,400 votes these guys had. Holy shit. I don't think I had 1,400 votes in the Minor League Mayhem tournament total. Um, tremendous feedback. I love it. Um, I, I'm glad that people were engaged. It was really cool that a bunch of the East Coast League teams, like, they really got into that whole, like, their social media um, team really got into it. And they were at games, like, announcing on their loudspeaker, like, on their scoreboard. Oh, go vote for, you know, Jim Bob. He's in the Clash of the Coast and all this. And, yeah, so, I mean, it, that was really cool that uh, some teams really jumped on it. And, um, you know, and, and, I've, and I've said before with these tournaments, even, with, like, of course, uh, Wednesday's episode was the Minor League Mayhem review turn of, of my tournament, the Minor League Mayhem tournament. We reviewed it, uh, Alec and uh, John and I. And, um yeah, and, and I mean, basically, we come down. We, I mean, we can break down the matchups and talk about fantasy and oh, this guy's a lefty and a righty and blah blah blah. It's a popularity contest. Let's face it. I mean, you know, and uh, and that's. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a fantasy tournament. Who cares? But um, you know, I was. Just, I, I always say that the reason for the tournaments, the reason I do them, and I know the reason Alex, same thing. Um, the reason we we do the tournaments is to get people talking about these guys. I mean, you, you go on social media, you go on Twitter and it's, oh, we're going to talk about Zigris or OV or Crosby or McDavid and, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, I mean, who, I mean, are there a lot of people talking about Jeremy Yablonski and Josh Gratton and Dennis Bonvi these days? Well, no, you know, I mean, just that maybe in the fight groups now and again. So, um, that was the point of the tournament, you know, and it was the same thing in the East Coast League. I mean, it, it's a it's a way to get these guys out there and people talking about them and and stuff like that, and uh, and and that was accomplished. And uh, like I said, when you have social media teams for these teams for these East Coast League teams uh, talking about these tournaments, that's that's tremendous. So um, that's a lot of fun. Um, the tournaments can be I and I've rant, you know, whatever I've ranted, they can be a pain in the ass. Um, it's to set up the graphics and do the photoshopping and everything. It's time consuming. I, people don't realize, um, you know, so it is time consuming and everything else. And yeah, the where's, where's Jim Bob, you know, I mean, that's, you know, that gets old fast. Um, you know, and, uh, while well, dealing with some players whining that they're not in a fantasy tournament gets a little eye rolling as well, but um, the overall, I always said 98% of the, the overall tournament is fun. Um, so I guess you can't, you can't let the 2%, uh, discourage you. Um, that's although sometimes it's really hard, but, um, 
No, and I, and I, and that was and it was a success. Clash of the Coast was a success. Minor League Mayhem was a success. And um, actually, I'm going to get Alec on here um, now that the season's uh, East Coast, the regular season anyway, has wrapped up, um, and uh, get him on to talk about uh, some of the East Coast League guys. Um, just kind of who who's the who the champ, who's the champ, so to speak, or maybe the top five or whatever. Um, Cause I mean, I'll watch, I, again, I, I admittedly, I'll, I will watch clips if Alec puts them up and I, I see them, I will watch them, um, to be completely, do I go completely out of my way to watch East Coast Hockey League clips? Uh, no, not really. Um, but, uh, I really don't go out of my way to watch too much on social media these days, to be completely honest. Um, but, uh, you know, unless it's, I'm kind of given the head, hey, man, you got to see this one or whatever. Because um, I've actually sort of made it, uh, when it comes to my, my Facebook, onto my news feed or on Twitter and stuff, I, I've become pretty much, um, and, and I mean, and it sounds, it sounds really, um, it's not narcissistic is the word, but. Yeah, I, selfish or whatever, and and it, maybe it is, but I think it's for my own um, mental health, and uh, I'm I just I'm over it. I'm over social media. I I don't like social media. Um, I don't like the people on there. Um, I think Twitter as a Twitter sucks now. I mean, I go on Twitter now. Anybody that says it hasn't changed under Musk is full of shit. Because I know I go to my feed now. It is it is people I don't follow. It's like all this political horse shit, and it's like I don't care. I don't follow these people, and it's not like it's getting retweeted by people that I follow. I mean, I understand. Oh, you follow it and they retweet it. Okay, I see it, but there no one's retweeting this that I can see. It's just it's on my feed. Shit that would normally on there isn't on there anymore. So don't tell me the algorithm isn't screwed up because it is, and it's just like. And I've, and I've said with social media, I wouldn't, if I didn't have this podcast and I had to, and I didn't have to like advertise or promote it, I wouldn't be on social media. Now there are, there are a lot of fun people that I talk to on social media, like my people that I follow and that follow my account and we interact and kind of the fight people and that little bubble universe that I'm in. I dig talking to you. Don't take this like Tim and all you guys don't take this shit personal. That it's like, oh, he's saying that about all of... No, I'm not saying it about you guys. That's why I'm following you on social media, you know. Um, but at the same time, I, I've also said uh, on Twitter and on Facebook, I got a lot of guys muted. Because it's just like, I don't want to read you. I'll talk hockey with you. I like talking hockey with you. But your worldviews and my worldviews do not match up. And that's fine, but I don't want to read your shit. And... And I and there was a lot of people that I unfollowed, completely unfollowed, because it's just like, you're a goof, man. Like it's just like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to read your horse shit. And you're, in some cases, it's like, yeah, you guys are nuts. And it's like, I'm not, no, I'm good. You know, you can go put your tinfoil hat on, and go somewhere else. Like, so it's like, yeah, and I'm, but it's, you know. Anyway, it's just, social media is just gross. It's gross. And it's, you know, and, I, and I've said the, the, the one thing um, that I can't control is I will answer my notifications or I will look at my notifications. And other than that, I post my pictures or my videos or whatever. And then, and I log off. I don't scroll because it's like, 
I just can't do it. It's, it's no. I mean, I scrolled a lot when I was like, you know, at Ebbett or whatever, sitting in the hotel room at night and we're killing time. But I mean, for the most part, when I'm at home, um, we're kind of just doing shit or whatever, or I'm down here uh, advertising for social on my soul on social media or recording something really is what it comes down to. Or I'm watching YouTube videos. It's like, yeah, I don't, uh, I've really gone out of my way to not really scroll anymore. And, uh, so to like the people I follow and stuff like that, if it's, I apologize that I don't, uh, reply to you or, well, no, if you, if you notify me, I will reply to you. If it's in my notifications, I'll reply. But just in general, it's not a personal thing to the people that I follow. It's, it's the shit I don't follow that I see that I don't want to see. So, um, yeah, Does that make any sense. But anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm basically using social media as a tool now and that's pretty much about it. Um, although I will go in the Facebook groups and I, and I will go in there, um, which I am causing grief in William. I apologize. I cause William grief all the time in the hockey fights and brawls group. For some reason, I like, I, I, I just said, I told William the other day, I said, I'm just getting tired of stupid people in these groups that just say stupid shit. And if I have time and I'm not doing, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to call you on your bullshit. Like, it's either like, no, that's just, that's not true. Or it's like, why do you, like this exaggeration bullshit, like, no, that's not true. Or like, it's just, these guys just live in fantasy land. Like just, and it, or they just, it, it's this, uh, actually John, I know John, he texted me the one day and we were sitting there talking and he brought up a, which would be a really good episode. Him and I are going to do that episode. John, you and I are going to do it. Uh, we have to collaborate here before we go on the air, but it's basically like f- hockey fight kind of myths that over the years on these message boards and on social media has just been brought to the point of just idiocy. And it's like, and, but people just believe this. And it's just like, I guess they sat cross-legged at Christmas and listened to Grandpappy tell stories of Gordy and Larry and all these guys. And these guys just continue on through life thinking, you know, all this shit happened. And it's like, no, none of that happened. Like, you know, but they've told the story so many times and believed it. They believe it to be so. And it's just like, yeah, it's, oh, it's just eye rolling. And I'm just so tired of reading this horse shit or these fanboy idiots that just, that just conglomerate in these groups. And it's just like, oh my God, like just you're, you're 45 years old. Like, stop talking like you're a fucking eight-year-old on the playground. Like, it's embarrassing. Like, put your fan club, uh, you know, membership away. And it's just, you know, it's Bobby this and Probert that. Or the other goof with his Dave Brown shit. Like, he joins the Enforcer Appreciation Group. And his first seven posts of the first seven, six of them are about Dave Brown. It's like, dial, we get it. You like Dave Brown. That's cool, whatever. But dial the fanboy down, man. Like, you're an idiot. Like, you just come across like a, you're like a goof. Like, is that all you could talk about? So, I mean, he, uh, one of it wasn't me, actually, of all people, but it wasn't me. But one of the moderators ran him out of the group immediately. It was just like, yeah, you're a goof. Get out of here. You know, if that's all, you're just a one-trick pony. That's all you're going to talk about is Dave Brown. He's putting up this video and that picture. This is why Brownie's the best. And, the you know, not that I disagree with you on that, but it's just like, 
enough. Like, okay. You know, there's like a thousand other enforcers to play in the NHL. Could you talk about any one of them other than Dave Brown? You know, it's just like, it's embarrassing. But it's, that's, ugh, I, that's again, that's social media in a nutshell. Like, gee, gee. Where was I going with all this? this was this my, my introduction to the shows? Yeah, Alex Show and Joe Show. There you go. Oh, there we go. Well, let's let's get into this shit. I just, I'm 20 minutes in and I haven't said anything yet. Um, yeah, well, like I said, we started off. We were in Edmonton for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, Monday through and we came home Thursday. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was, uh, you know, obviously with the school break. So we were able to go with the wife, uh, obviously teaching, but uh, or not teaching. Um, yeah, we went out there at, we, uh, used a bunch of air miles of shit, had like four free nights at the, stayed at the best restaurant suites or whatever. Um, yeah, had a cool room and had like a little, what do you call the jet tubs in the room and, you know, the fridge and the microwave, the whole deal. And, uh, yeah, nice little setup. And, uh, so it was, uh, we stayed there. And so of course we had free hotels. So that was nice. Um, yeah, bounced around a few of the casinos, um, Wife won a couple hundred at the River Cree the first day, but uh, I I was uh, I was pitching a shutout. I pitched a shutout in the Alberta casinos. Uh, Alberta liquor and gaming really took a round out of me in the four days that I was there. So yeah, unfortunately, no wins this time. Bonus five line just couldn't bring me out of it this time. Um, but no, had a fun. It was re- it was weird being in the River Cree without going to Ice Wars. That was kind of strange. Um, fortunately, didn't get uh, you know didn't. Didn't see a few of the people that I wanted to see. Just kind of got busy and schedules didn't work out. So that was unfortunate. But we will be back in Edmonton. Like I said, we, we kind of go to Edmonton a few times a year. So, um, you know, looking for, uh, always look forward to going there. Um, for those folks that are going to Edmonton, though, or if, you, if you've never, or if you go to Edmonton, you've never been to this place, um, it's and you're into this sort of thing, it's uh, in Strathcona. It's a Strathcona Antique Mall. And um, it's two floors. And yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, and they got old antiques and shit and stuff, but they got a bunch of hockey, old hockey cards and baseball cards and toys from the 70s and 80s and comic books and records. And uh, yeah, so needless to say, it was right up my alley. Uh, although, and I've gone there a few times, I've talked about it in the last episode, but I went there this time and my, I couldn't find, my program guy was gone. Um, I found some pro, some older oiler, but they were like 90s programs, which was whatever. Um, but yeah, but he, uh, I couldn't find the booth that had the old programs in it. Um, but, uh, kind of went through some cards, uh, in a few sections. I will say the one thing with the cards though, um, they're overpriced for what, you know, I, I was going to buy a, a box of old, uh, it was uh score. It was overpriced, but I mean, I think he wanted was it 25 bucks or something, which is still too much for the old junk. But it was, I was just like, ah, I could go back to the room and open these tonight. These would be kind of fun. I was just going to do it for, you know, just for shits and gigs. Right. But, um, man, I didn't, uh, but, uh, Actually, didn't didn't buy anything when we were there, but there is some cool stuff. And uh, walking through, of course, I laughed. I told the wife, I said, "Well, shit." I said, "If I went into my parents' basement, I said, I I could start, I could open my own booth in this place with because uh, my parents have like saved every toy and everything that we ever had." So, um, but yeah, Strathcona Antique Mall, I recommend it. Uh, 
for for anybody that uh, that is in the area. Oh, and there's a real cool source of sports in the same parking lot, and that's if anybody follows me on social media when I put the picture of the big Stanley Cup, that's where that is. Um, they have a big, huge uh, Stanley Cup out in the parking lot. You take your pictures with and stuff. But uh, yeah, there's a, is a source for sports. I think it's a source for sports, um, and they they have some cool shit in there. Um, so just a cool little area if you happen to be in Edmonton, uh, Strathcona. Yeah, but um, yeah, so that that was kind of the the deal in in um, in Edmonton. Uh, I guess uh, it, it sort of ties into my. Uh, well, I always do on Sundays. I like to do like my week on the internet. Um, I know I I got into it with a few guys in like in the hockey fights group. Like I said, I apologize to William. I think he's I I make him uh, delete topics all the time because I start yapping at these guys. Um, but uh, I can't remember what it was about. I think it was about Gordy Howe. But I know one guy on Twitter. I put a picture of McSorley and Wendell Clark, and it's actually a picture of Wendell Clark's first NHL fight. It's a preseason fight against the Oilers, Marty, and Marty's wearing 34, and uh, it's just a picture, whatever, there's no video of it, but, um, of course, some guy, of course, Mr. Mr. Leaf here has to reply that, oh, this is always, oh, Wendell whipping on Marty again, I'm, of course, I type back, and said, well, when did he ever whip on him, knowing full well what the answer was going to be, and, of course, I put the ball, I put the ball on the tee for the guy, and, of course, he went for it, and he has to put a picture of the of course, the infamous 93 playoff fight with Clark and McSorley. Oh, this is when Wendell really dummied him. I'm like, oh, it dummied him, right? I said, well, I said, that that's the, f-. again, you want to talk, when John and I were talking about hockey myths, this myth that Wendell Clark destroyed Marty McSorley in the playoff fight. Everybody hit pause right now. Go to YouTube and watch that fight. Wendell lands the first two punches. Now, granted, the second one busts Marty over the eye, but it's like, okay, he cut him above the eyebrow. I mean, you know, let's not act like he broke bones and destroyed him and anything else. He landed two punches and Marty proceeded to land the next 17. So let's dial down that Wendell destroyed him. It's like, no, he didn't. He cut him open. I always say, I guess, visually, Wendell won. Because, of course, Marty goes off the ice bleeding and he knocks the camera down out of the Covers the camera when he's going to the dressing room, whatever. So it's like, ah, Wendell killed him. Yeah, well, watch the rest of the fight. It's like, no, yeah, but okay, sure. Wendell killed him. But one again, that there, there there's the example of the, the great myths of hockey. But, uh, and of course, they're, oh, so you hate, Wend- you must be a Marty guy. I like, when I love Mar- Wendell and I love Marty McSorley. It has nothing to, again, I can take my fan glasses off and, be objective. I mean, I, I like, I'm a fan of both guys and whatever. I'm just telling you like it is. I mean, the video doesn't lie. Go watch the video. It doesn't lie. Clark lands two punches, gets gassed and Wendell, and then Marty proceeds to punch the shit out of him for 20 seconds. Like, lands 14, 15 punches to Wendell as who's just hanging on. So, okay. But whatever. Yeah. He, oh, he, he dummied him. Oh, okay. Anyway. Other than that, my week on the internet, it wasn't even a week on the internet, it was, um, well, okay, it, you know, speaking of, like, stupid people, just, this has, this has, has nothing to do with anything, but, uh, oh, like, once again, for anybody, again, for the long-time listeners, you know, my, my issues with the subway, yeah, um, 
we come back from Edmonton. Of course, you know, whatever. It's like six thirty, seven o'clock. We get home, and it's like bring the clothes, bring the you know the suitcase and everything in. It's like ah, oh, now what? And I mean, yeah, I didn't really feel like firing up the party. I'm like, oh, screw it. I'll just whip over to Subway. I'll grab something. So I rip over to Subway. There's actually no one in there. I get in. They start making my two subs, whatever. Another guy comes in right behind me. So they're making my subs, and the, and then the well, the girl goes over and start out. Oh, what do you want? And he wants one of those like they they have the bowls now, like the rice bowls. They put all actually shit. Those things don't actually look that bad. They're actually bigger than I thought they were too. So anyway, they're putting the the rice in and the chicken in or whatever the hell he ordered. I wasn't paying much attention to him, but whatever. This guy's wrapping my shit up. I'm just kind of getting ready to pay for it. And of course, the girl's like, she's got all the shit in the bowl, and she's like, okay, what what vegetables do you want with it? You know the guy, and the, so the guy goes, uh, "Oh, whatever works." And she's just looking at him like, I, I, "What does that mean? Whatever, I don't know." And he goes, "Well, what? What? We'll just put whatever on it." And she's sort of like, "Okay," and she starts to kind of put lettuce or whatever the hell she. I mean, she's kind of looking at him like, "Just answer the question." Like, what do you? Like, she's like, okay, and she kind of starts putting onions or whatever, she, and I'm kind of looking at this guy like, like, fuck, use your big boy words, like, you're, you're 50 years old, just say, just, goddamn, just put, tell her what you want on it, why do you gotta be a, a just an idiot? Well, I don't know, whatever, whatever works, what, well, you're eating it, dummy, what do you mean, whatever works? I was like, oh, I'm gonna get a, a chicken teriyaki sub, what do you want on it? Oh, whatever works. Like, okay. Like, if I was the guy working, I'd just put the lid on it. Yeah, okay, here, you're done then. You know, like, it's just, you know, it's like going up to a bar. Hey, what do you want to drink? Oh, whatever. Um, okay, well, I'm just, like, looking, and I'm, like, looking at this guy. I'm, like, just, uh, just, uh, it's like, these people already hate their job, but, like, just tell them what you want on it and let's wrap this shit up. Like, why do you gotta, oh, whatever. And, and so she starts putting shit on it. She's like, is that good? And he's like, yeah, I guess. Oh, well, maybe some more green peppers. Like, oh, okay. So she puts it on there. And then he's like, well, I guess that's it. She's like, oh, okay. Like, uh, is, uh, what? Uh. At this point, I'm like getting my shit and I'm leaving. I'm just like rolling my eyes. I'm like, oh my God. Like, just. For some for some reason, it just, it, it irritated me way more than it needed to. But I get, I just like. I think at that point I was just like sick of people, <laughs> you know, I don't know what it is. I'm like, yeah, if you were social media, like that guy right there was Twitter to me. Like he was the human version of Twitter and it was just like, oh God, it's just like, really? Like, yeah, like, do you have to be a fucking idiot? That was like the other day with, it was like a while back last week. When was the, on the Easter holiday, whatever it was the Monday. I worked like the half day or whatever. And then we're at, I'm yeah, again at Subway, but like I got off work at like noon, right? So it's like I don't know, it's like one one o'clock by the time I got to Subway. Well, there's a few people in there, but here's the lady at the front of the line. You have like six people behind you. It's not cute to have your four year old order their sub. What kind of cheese do you like? Do you like the yellow or do you want the orange? Do you like pickles? Well, you're the mother. You would know if they like pickles or not. It's like, read the room. Like, there's only a half a dozen people behind you. Is this the time now for the four-year-old? To, I don't know, maybe. And, like, shut up. Like, just... 
you know, and then she kind of turns around and she's like looking at all of us, like, hey, you see my daughter's ordering pickles, like this stupid look on her face. And we're all just, well, at least I was just had this, I'm just glaring at her or not even glaring. I'm just staring at her. Like just the, the, uh, like, what are you doing? I think she clued in cause she just eventually just, yeah, yeah, yeah put mustard mayo on it. It's good. You know, but like really like just. God, people are just inconsiderate. Just as this is, we're just fucking morons. We just, we are. Like, there's so many stupid people out there, just inconsiderate jackasses. Like, ugh. Anyway, welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. Um, yeah, so that was my week on the internet. That was my that was my week. There you go. Um, yeah, well, I don't know. What are we going to talk about? Um, well, I'm, I'm looking at my notes here. Clark and Marty, Subway guy. Oh, uh, fight totals. Oh, I was going to say, it was funny when I kind of mentioned I was going to Edmonton. Obviously, they didn't check the schedule or whatever, but it was like a couple of guys at work. Are you going to go to an Oiler game? Like, okay. I, I, I understand like a bunch of like majority of the people I work don't, I don't even think they know I have a podcast, but it's like they wouldn't listen anyway, but it's, they all know I don't watch hockey anymore because whatever, but it's like they say people when I'm going to, are you going to go to a golden Knights game when they find out I'm going to Vegas? I'm like, motherfucker, if they were playing the game in my backyard, I wouldn't even open the blinds. Like, no, I'm not going. No. <laughs> I said, I don't watch it on TV. Why would I go spend a few, three, four, five hundred dollars to go watch it in person? Why would I do that? No. No, it was 1993. Yeah, I would. But in 2023? Uh, no. No. You know, it's all Jackson McDavid. Uh, I don't give a shit. Like, whatever. Not that I have anything against McDavid. He's a great player or whatever, but it's like, what? I saw Gretzky. I don't care. Um, I'm good. Whatever. Connor McDavid ain't worth $500 to me. I'll tell you that. So, uh, oh, yes. The, uh, the, the what if. No, actually, maybe we'll do fight totals first. Okay. I had to, had to hit the Facebook group here. Thank you, Scotty, for putting this up. End of the season fight totals. Oh, the oh, this is a real, real who's who. It's more like who's that. Yeah. Oh, the, the oh, the Tampa Bay Lightning were the were the Broad Street bullies of the NHL this year with thirty-seven team fights. Ottawa and Philadelphia with thirty-six. Oh boy, go oh, the enforcers back. Uh, Delorier led in 14, I like Delorier, 14 fights, but, oh, Patrick Maroon, 12 fights total. I think, I don't know if that's 12 fights or 12 punches thrown. Austin Watson, another killer, 12 fights. Oh, there you go. They're your, your top three fighters in the NHL this year. Delorier, Maroon, and Watson. Holy shit. You know, killer's row right there. Murderer's row. American Hockey League, the Tucson Roadrunners with 42 fights. Followed by Providence with 32 and San Jose with 32, Syracuse with 32. This is the American Hockey League in 72 games they schedule. 42 fights led the American League. Oh yeah, uh, Matthew Rempe, I don't, Travis Barron, Riley Bezo. That of course that is Andy Bezo's kid. Uh, Jermaine, Kyle, Marie, Riley McKay. I know him. He played for the Blades. Keaton Middleton. Who the fuck are these guys? Um, 
you know, okay, I shouldn't say that's no offense to those guys. They're the young kid. Again, I don't watch this shit. I don't know. Uh, the only guys I know in the American League are the Gallants. Uh, they could basically the Gallants could kick the shit out of the three guys that led the NHL in fights. I know that much for sure. Uh, the East Coast League, again, 72 game schedule. Orlando led with 41. Greenville had 35. Fort Wayne, 34. 34. South Carolina, 34. Justin Knockbar, Nico Blatchman. Justin Knockbauer, of course, Don's kid, 13 tilts. Nico Blatchman, 11. You know, whatever. I like Nico, though. Nico's cool as shit. He gets it. Um, Western Hockey League, Vancouver Giants led with 44. Prince George with 43. Kelowna, 36. Spokane, 36. Holy shit. Like, ugh. Matthew Henry with 12. Andrew Petruk with 11. Matthew Edwards with 10. Okay. Oh, the the Quebec Junior League. Oh, Charlotte Town Islander. 17. 17 fights. Led, team total led the queue this year. Sherbrooke was 16. Acadia Bathurst, 15. Oh, Sam Bonus of 5. Led the league. League leader in Quebec had 5. Yeah. OHL. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, yeah, the big OHL. Hamilton Bulldog, 31. Sarnia, 29. Mississauga, 28. You know, these is... Team totals for the year in junior they play uh, they play sixty eight games in total. So yeah, the big the Hamilton Bulldogs are the big bullies in the Ontario League with thirty one fights. Oh yeah, tell tell me again how the uh, the enforcer is coming back. Oh yeah, sure. Well, it ends, but they just have to be able to play now. Well, that's not really an enforcer, then, is it? You know, okay. Yeah. Oh, the SPHL, the Knoxville at fifty one, Roanoke forty one. Quad City, 40. The USHL, 16. Oh, the the Cedar Rapids Rough Riders, 16 fights. Yeah. Sorry, once again, HockeyFights.com didn't have the LNAH, FHL, EIH. Oh, of course they don't, because if it's not, a, if it's not, if it's not affiliated with the NHL, they don't, they don't cover it. They don't know about it. Um, yeah, HockeyFights.com can suck my ass. You're terrible. Um God, Steve, we got to get that site up. Get that site going, you know. Um, well, I'm pretty sure Hockey Fights, they don't know what the LNAH is or the Federal Hockey League or the UK League. You could steal clips from it, though. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm, don't, don't tell me the enforcer's coming back, please. Um, yeah, that's embarrassing. I will say I was sitting in the 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 when I was in the hotel room there I had the I had the I had the hockey game on for a little while I was sitting in the tub kind of watching it drinking my beers and feet up and jet on my ass and whatever I I've, I've said it once I'll say it a million times how you guys can watch that horse shit I'll have no idea like I always say younger fans twenty year olds what you don't know any different I get it whatever but anybody thirty and older. How you can watch the NHL now is beyond me. And don't give me this shit that, oh, the playoffs are here. Oh, it'll, it'll be better now. It's like, no, no, it won't. It's not going to be, it won't be anything. Oh, it gets really, oh, there'll be a few more hits or whatever. They're not going to fight. And they they won't fight in the third period to send a message because they'll all be scared of getting instigator calls. It's like, you know, you might have a couple of fights here and there, but no. And it's just, it's garbage. Whatever. 
Anyway, oh yeah, yeah. Before I get into the whole whatever these fight, to- I don't give a shit about these fight totals. But it's just like I'm sitting there in the tub, like I said, and I'm and I'm watching Sportsnet. So they played the first. The first thing on the highlights is the Toronto Raptors game because it's a play-in game to get into the playoffs. Which of course they had like a 19 point lead that they blew. Uh, in the third quarter, they end up losing by four to Chicago in Toronto. They go 18 for 36 from the 50% from the free throw line. NBA players go 50% from the free throw line. Are you shitting me? I mean, I'm not one of you. I make millions. I gotta hit. I mean, I get that there's a human element. I'm not that guy, but I mean, holy shit, 50% from an NBA player. Um, I, I remember way back when my mom was a school teacher. They did this thing for charity, this free throw for charity. She was eight for 10 from the line. You know, you guys are 50%. Are you shitting me? Grade one teacher beat you. But it's just like, holy shit. Anyway, so they play the Raptors game. All right. Then they play a couple of the NHL games. All the Islanders make the playoff. Oh, Lazito's pumped. Then they go back. I'm just like, I don't give a shit about any of this. I just want to see some bloody baseball highlights. Oh, then they go back to the Raptors game. They play those highlights again. Then they got to interview a few people. Then they got to go to the panel. What happened? Well, okay. So there's another 10 minutes of talking heads saying the same shit over and over again. Then they play the Blue Jay highlights. Okay, right on. And then and then the show's just about it. And then they play the hockey highlight again, and then it's over. I'm like, okay, like we're not doing any baseball at all? Like, right? You, you remember like when they used to be like, that highlight, that highlight, like, whatever, basketball, then the, it was all was hockey, then basketball, then, like, baseball highlights, you know, but they all did it, like, in a row, like, they, that was their time for that sport. Like I said, you, like, I'm sure you people remember the score, back in Canada, remember the channel, the score, I love the score, we used to come, we'd drink it, my buddy and I, Mike, we lived together, we'd come, after we are done drinking, come home, the boys would come back to the place. We'd put the score on and just put it on a loop for like an hours, hours. I mean, you'd, you'd know the highlights inside and out. But they would do it all right in a row, like the sports. So you'd know, oh yeah, here the, here's the baseball. And you'd sit down and you'd watch all the game, highlights from the games. It wasn't just the Blue Jays. Then we went back to the Air Canada Center to talk about the Raptors again. It's like, oh my God, like just, oh, why do they make it so hard to be a 47-year-old sports fan? Oh. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. It's NBA playoff time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement every game with the touch of a button. New customers can bet $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to ten dollars. Guys, I made this Sunday. I'd look at the Lakers. I mean, you always got LeBron, right? And uh, Lakers' hottest team after the All Star break. Kind of, they had to win to get in. They won their last game. They're out. They got the momentum going. I don't know. I would. Uh, I know they're about a three and a half point underdog right now to the Grizz, but uh, I think uh, I think that might be the the Lake Show might be something to look at there. So download the app now and sign up with promo code THPN. New customers can make $5 pregame Moneyline bet, score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code THPN. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. 
Uh, let's get into this. Pl- oh no, my the what ifs. I was gonna do the what if thing. Um, yeah, because just a little kind of little short deal. I hope the Chris's don't mind me throwing it out there. But um, old Y two J there, he's always he's posting all over the place. And uh, but I, like I said, I like these two guys. I've uh, known them for a while, and I respect their opinions and uh, their knowledge. So I enjoy reading their stuff. Um, and I always like getting them. I need to get Nate back on the show. Nate, get it, you're gonna get on here. Again, um, anyway, they were talking about the Crowder when Crowder really gave it, beat up Craig Cox. Um, Nate's, uh, Cox is a warrior in absolute beauty in his day, but it was way past his prime here. And it was a very easy kill for Troy Crowder during his short lived rise to the top in the early 1991. As a Vancouver fan, the one good thing that came out of the beating was Gino Ojik, who got the call up three weeks later and never looked back and, and as a, the Canucks prime enforcer for almost a decade. Cox got a few games with San Jose the following year and then melted away to the minors. Gino and Crowder ended up as teammates in Vancouver in 96-97 for a bit, but never did fight each other. Um, and then why do Davis? Theoretically speaking, how do you think Ojik would have uh, done against Crowder if he was the call up in November 1st instead of Cox? Would Gino have put much more of an immediate halt to Crowder's uh, meteoric, meteoric rise, or would it have been just, or would he have been just another victim? Uh, and Nate replies, um, "I was thinking about that too. Really hard to say. Gino looked very good against a, a not quite prime, but still very tough Grimson in his first game. But Crowder was on that Terminator streak and was dropping dudes left and right with all that hype around Crowder. Gino would have been a lot more wary of Troy Crowder than Stu. I do not think that even Gino took." I do, I do think that even if Gino took an L against Crowder, it would have been, it would have given him more of a chance. They would have given him more of a chance just due to being a 20 year old rookie and fighting arguably the champ in his first game. I can see Gino going to his mauling style against Crowder just to survive, whereas he seemed really comfortable going toe to toe with Grimson after his warm up fight with Manson. Cox was in his late 20s and wasn't in top fighting shape. He was definitely walking the plank at some point that season. Having Gino fighting and doing quite well against top heavies, in that I made it made it a lot easier to get rid of Cox so early in the year too. But who knows? Maybe Gino would have been dropped and buried back in the minors with his confidence shattered and had a, and had a much different career. It's a great what if. Um, that is a great what if, and I've actually see that's what I always appreciate about the, about these cats in this group, like Chris's and and stuff like that. I mean, those dudes will throw out like dates and like I never thought of the whole. Like, I mean, obviously I know the fights that they're talking about, but I didn't, like, I can't, I didn't timeline it with the fact that it was Cox, and then after that, a couple weeks later, Gino got the call up, and then that's when all that happened, and he's played in the NHL for the rest of his career. Um, so it, it was a real, it was just a really cool, um, kind of, what if, well, yeah, what if Oja could come up and, and Crowder had, like, pummeled him like he did Cox, and Vancouver sends Gino down, too, or kind of like, eh, you know, now what, or makes a trade, or, you know, or whatever, and Gino never sees the NHL again. It's just an interesting, um, little bit of bit, little bit of business, right? Or, or, I, or what if, you know, if Cox had put the hammer on Crowder, you know, then, uh, you know, then that, that kind of, that hype train gets to, well, of course, before he had actually had the big rematch with Probert Kimball, actually, I guess, kind of just slowed down the Crowder train by, by putting the, by landing the big shot on him. But, uh, so what, although not that it hurt the anticipation of the Probert bout, but for the fight fans, it kind of did put a little, like, you know, a little blemish on the record a little bit before, you know, cause everybody wanted to see the undefeated, uh, rookie, hot shot rookie 
uh, against, uh, you know, in the rematch with Probert and stuff. But, um, yeah, that'd be interesting, you know, how if, you know, maybe Gino comes up and really gets worked over, you know, what that does to his career, his confidence and that type of thing. So, yeah, it was just a little, just a little tidbit there. Uh, and I, I really, I liked the reading and it kind of made me think about it. And, you know, as fight fans, it's like, you know, the what ifs are always a, always a little cool thing. Um, I know I've sort of talked about that what if. Um, I'll have to, you know, I'll talk to Dave and, and Chris and, uh, well, I'll talk to the Chris's and, uh, maybe, We'll kind of do a, I'll, we'll, I'll throw it out there because they're a lot better at that stuff than I am. We kind of throw out a what if and see what other what ifs are out there that we could think of. Because I think that'd be kind of a little fun episode too, a little kind of fantasy book and or what would happen kind of thing. But, um, yeah. Oh, I guess the other thing I was going to mention, the only other thing I was going to mention that it'll be interesting now with the season winding up in Calgary not making the playoffs and stuff. Um, yeah, one of the, uh, one of the old guards, uh, Lucic, what happens to him? Um, the, you know, of course, his, the infamous big contract is over. Um, he's, uh, yeah, he's a 35 year old free agent. So, uh, is he done? Um, it'll be interesting. I don't, I like, I don't know if he said he's retiring. I know he, he had talked about, um, kind of the mental battle that he had, he's gone through with that contract and, and trying to produce and not being able to, and kind of letting a lot of people down and kind of what he went through in Calgary. And, and I know I talked about it way back when it was a year or two ago that I, it was right around when I started the podcast, but the Lucic thing comes up every once in a while. And as soon as you mention it, it's always an overpaid bomb and whatever. And I mean, the, I mean, he had a really good agent, you know, but, um, Lucic had a great career. If he is in fact done, and that was the one thing. And, um, you know, I know Tony brought it up to me in, in private. That's kind of what got my attention to it was, uh, I, I didn't realize his contract was like, again, I'm not following it. So I didn't, uh, I didn't know his contract was up, but I know Lucic catches a lot of shit, obviously for the money and, you know, his lack of productivity since he's basically left LA. Um, uh, he had a great career though. I mean, he played a thousand games at 500 and some points. Um, you know, I mean the last, you know, a bunch of the last year, basically the, 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 the big contract the, that, those years. Oh, he had a good year the first year in Edmonton. He had 20 goals there and whatever. But after that, yeah, he was snake bit. It was rough to watch. And I've been a fan. I've, I've been no secret. I've been a fan of Lucic since the, he started playing in the Western Hockey League. Um, his actually his his productivity in the NHL. I'm always on the other side of the aisle. I it always surprised me that he did as well as he did. Like he had a couple thirty goal years in Boston, and I didn't think he'd score that many because he wasn't a big scoring guy in junior. Like he had thirty goals in one year in Vancouver in his final year of junior. But after before that, no, you know it wasn't like always oh, pumping him forty five. He's the elite power forward of the Western League. It's like no, I mean he was up there as the probably the, him and Cassie were probably the two toughest guys in the league. You know, and a Fraser McLaren, they, you know, they were kind of the trio there, but I mean, he was a great fighter. Um, but like in terms of coming out of junior, but I never, I didn't think he put up the points that he did. Like the Lucic you saw during the big contract year, like with the 10 goal guy, that's who I thought he'd be. Like I thought he'd, I always said, I always thought he'd be Chris Neal. That's kind of what I thought Lucic's career would be. So all of a sudden he's scoring 30 in Boston. I was like, God damn, really? Like, all right. I mean, I was pumped. I liked him, but. You know, um, so if this is indeed, it's over, I mean, yeah, he had a hell of a career, man. And, um, I don't know, like I always say, as a, as a fight fans and everything else, I mean, I, how do you shit on the guy? 
I mean, yeah, he tailed at the end and whatever. It didn't, you know, did he match up with the, what they were paying him? Eh, no, but I mean, was the NHL better? Is the, is the NHL going to be better with not having him in it? No. I mean, you know, the, the only thing that kind of I, I got irked about with Lucic towards the end is he just he didn't fight anymore. And it was like, you know, I'm sure not a lot of people were really in today's hockey or lining up to fight Lucic, but at the same time, I don't know if he actually actively went looking for it either. Again, I don't watch games. Maybe he was trying to fight people and everything and nobody wanted to fight, you know, whatever. But I mean, at some point you got to kind of create it too. And, uh, I always like, I always wish Lucic had maybe grabbed a few guys a few more times. And he did, he did enforce a couple times, of course, they ended up suspended or whatever for it. But I mean, um, so, you know, obviously his hands were kind of, they got handcuffed towards the end the last few, bunch of years of the league too. But, um, I don't know in terms of fighting, I mean, there's another one gone, right? And I mean, well, I already talked about the league, you know, we got Delorier and Austin Watson and Pat Maroon, you know, it's just like, oh yeah, these are the guys we're looking for to fight. Again, I, I'm not knocking any of the boys or anything like that. I, I don't mean it as a slight, I like Delorier. Um, he'll go wide open, he'll chuck down, but he'll throw down, but Maroon's, you know, whatever. I mean, he's won his cups and stuff like that, and he'll be physical and stuff, but Maroon as a fighter these days is embarrassing. Just wrestles and holds on and he laughs and talks to the guy the whole time. It's like, what are you doing? Um, Austin Watson, I, whatever, I couldn't tell you an Austin Watson fight, to be honest. Um, so, I mean, you know. You know, I mean, it's basically Reeves, Lucic, and uh, McDermott, I guess, or, you know, whatever. I mean, Lucic, I think, was always in the running as a top guy, uh, you know, in the last kind of latter half of his career. You know, when the, I mean, when he first came in, there were still enforcers around. There's still Colt Moore. There's still those guys around. So Lucic, or Thornton, hell, even on his own team. I mean, you know, uh, he wasn't an enforcer. You know, he wasn't the prime number one guy over the years of course as hockey has changed and the enforcer went away and you know Lucic came to the forefront as kind of just a power forward that could kick ass and whatever and uh you know like I said uh as a fight fan and everything else I mean it, no it's not good that he's gone because there you go there's another another horse out to pasture and it's like no one's fucking replaced them like I said I read the fight list to you and I mean, like I said, people can go on and on. Oh, yeah, this guy, he's really tough in the American League. Yeah, he had three fights. Like, you know, and he had four fights in the, you know. Like, I have a couple people that say, oh, yeah, no, you got to see this tough guy come out of the OHL. He's got five fights in his career. It's like, okay. Like, these guys, they're not fighters. They'll fight, but they're not fighters. Again, I hey, I respect you. You throw it down, you give it the college try, whatever. But it's just, it's not the same. You're not scaring anybody. You're not, you know. Whatever. So, they're not Lucic. Like, in those last few years, you can shit on Lucic all you want. I don't like him. I don't do... Whatever. That's fine. I don't care. But you can't deny that Lucic scared the shit out of three quarters of the fucking league. Like, they weren't going to fight him. Whatever. Just like Reeves. You can make fun of him. Reeves wouldn't last in the 80s. You know, okay. You know, whatever. But, yeah, Reeves scares the shit out of the majority of the league. You know, so, yeah, they they got the run of the league. And Reeves is in his early, like, mid-30s almost. Like, I think he's the same age as Lucic, isn't he? Or he's a year younger, maybe. He's not that much younger. So, it's like, yeah, so Lucic might be gone and Reeves will be, like, right behind him in a year or two. So, it's like, again, is the league better with those guys out? No. But it's coming and they're not going to replace them, you know? Like, those lists, the guys that I just read off, 
if in the American League and the East Coast League, they're not gonna they're not playing in the NHL. They're not gonna make it. So it's like, yeah, this is what you got, and it's sucks. You know, whatever. But I mean, Lucic, maybe somebody will pick him up. I mean, if he's you know, but I, that's the thing. A guy at 35, and I mean, is he willing to take basically at this point? Like, I mean, if I'm a GM, it's not like if Lucic, I'd make a play for him, but it's like, you know, I might give you a million bucks, you know, or I'd give you a league, I don't know if I, he'd take a league minimum, but I mean, it's like, or a tryout contract, but it's like, I'll give you 800 grand, you know, or whatever. I mean, it's a fall from grace money-wise, but if the guy just wants to play or, you know, um, if if he if you can get Milan Lucic for league minimum, you fucking do it, you know, just because for that veteran that veteran presence alone, and he's still at thirty five will be the toughest guy in the league, give or take. Um, put him on your fourth line, shit. You get Milan Lucic for league minimum on your fourth line, I'd do it. Why not one of these? Hell, you know, we'll get one of these. Le- you know, get one of these contending teams that are soft as sh- well, one of these contending teams that are soft as shit with every one of them, all of them. I mean, having Lucic in your fourth line, yeah, I don't know. May have probably wishful thinking on my part, but doesn't sound like a bad deal to me for a year. You know, just to have that guy around. I don't know. Whatever. But yeah, so we might be seeing the end of an era. You know, we'll, we'll see. But, you know, anyway, how about we get into this player spotlight? Luke Gazdick is today's split player spotlight. Um, I again, I, and it was the same thing as um, as the other week there when I when I went down the the Rose Hill rabbit hole. Um, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I talked about it when I saw the fight with him and Gazdick. Like, yeah, Gazdick, I'm going to do a player spotlight on him. And like I said, and then I saw him on TV there in Edmonton, and I'm like, okay. So yeah, I went down the rabbit hole and it, and it was fun. Um, again, one of those guys. Again, I had seen some of his clips. I certainly not all of them. Um, I have now, but um, yeah, solid. Six four two twenty five, big dude. Uh, drafted the sixth round, hundred seventy second overall, two hundred in the two thousand seven draft by Dallas. I uh, played one hundred forty seven NHL games. Uh, Five goals, three assists, 206 minutes of penalties. Um, and he ended up where, or where is my list? Um, 34 NHL tilts. Yeah. So 147 games, 34 tilts. That's including preseason as well. So yeah, actually 147 games doesn't include preseason games, but anyway, you get what I'm saying. Um, but he played, uh, he played three years with the Erie Otters in the Ontario Hockey League. He had 44, 44 tilts. Uh, from 06 to 09, they were still fighting in junior at that point. Um, uh, he had four fights in the East Coast League, and he had 75 fights in the American Hockey League. And he played about five seasons, give or take, in the American League. Um, yeah, one, two. Well, he played four right in a row, and then, yeah, towards the end, he kind of got 37, 20 games, seven games, whatever. Yeah, I know in the final year there at San Diego, he played seven games. I think he just gave it the fucking, I'm out of here. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, he, he definitely has an old school vibe watching a fight. It's straight right hands. He ain't throwing lefts. Um, he's got the wild windmill style, but he's got an uppercut. He does this, he, he comes up from underneath, um, in all of his fights and with really good power. And, 
yeah, he could bang, man. He had some solid power and he landed some shots and some dudes. Um, yeah, it was fun. And one of those guys, as I said, one of the, as kind of a new age guy, um, a lot of his, all, all of his NHL fights pretty much were available on video. And, uh, a lot of his American League stuff was as well. And, uh, so I kind of, I kind of went through his American League stuff as well. Um, I, you know, actually a bunch of his Ontario Hockey League stuff's on there too, which I didn't go through. Uh, although I did see a fight with him and Kyle Newber that was really good from the Ontario League that definitely should check out. Um, but I basically started, uh, in the American League. Um, actually, it's a lie. 08, 09, he, uh, played the Ontario League, played the postseason, he got eliminated. Then he went to the East Coast League. And actually, one of his fights in the East Coast League, um, was against, um, I lied. That wasn't it. Holy, I'm screwing up my bit already. Oh, it was 09. Yeah, sorry. It was, uh, so in 2009, 2010, in the NHL preseason, he had three fights. Then in Kanopka, Adam Keefe, and, uh, Chris Stewart, none of which are on video. Uh, or they weren't on YouTube. Um, and then that season with Dallas, uh, he got sent down and he, he, uh, he started in the American League. And, uh, one of his, one of his very first on Halloween, he fights, uh, Josh Gratton and it is a solid, uh, really solid bout. Um, looked really good for, for the young kid, um, against a real big name guy in Gratton. Um, Solid, uh, they went back and forth, went forever, um, took their, took their helmets off mid fight. It was, it was, uh, it was just a real solid tilt. Um, and then just kind of scrolling down, he fought Gratton again. Um, again, another good fight. You know, Gratton was kind of looking for the rematch. Um, Tristan Grant, another really good fight. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was just, it was really cool to watch. And, it, and I mean, uh, he fought John Morasti. That was another good fight. Uh, Morasti kind of caught him at the end a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, just for, for his rookie year. Um, and he also had a couple, he had two fights in the East Coast League that year. They must have sent him down briefly in, at around in December. But he fought James McEwen, which wasn't a bad fight. And then he had a really good fight with Ryan Hand. I didn't even know, I didn't know him and Hand had ever fought. Um, so that was kind of a, a fun little deal because I'm a big Ryan Hand fan as well, as well. And, uh, but yeah, real solid, uh, as far as a rookie season goes, 2009, 2010, uh, yeah, looked really good. Um, following year 2010, 2011, he played a full season in the American Hockey League. He had 18 fights. Um, again, just kind of scrolling through. I didn't, uh, didn't watch all of the fights, although uh, he did have a, a game in December on the 17th where he fought, fights Eric Nielsen twice. And I love Eric Nielsen. He's awesome. And they beat the shit out of each other. The fights are like quick and dirty, but they're just, they pound the shit out of each other. Um, later that year, he has another fight with Matt Cassian. There's another guy. Um, I had mentioned it when I was talking about Lucic. Uh, of course, him and Cassian played on the, on the Vancouver Giants together. So, and then Cassian got traded to Kamloops. So I, I was, again, I was watched Cassian since he's been in, since he was in junior and he was a high pick by the Wild. Uh, the Wild were just going with like, you had to be an extra huge tough guy. Like they had like, was it Riley Emerson, Bugard, John Scott, Matt Cassian? I don't know what the hell the Wild were doing, but holy shit, they were, you know, land of the Giants. But, um, Cassian, uh, you know, he didn't play a long time in the NHL. There's another guy I should do a spotlight on. Um, but 
Cassie when he when he was a big dude and he was developing. Cassie was a killer, man. He had a really good really good fight here with Gazdick. Um Yeah, again, uh you know, I'm not going to review all the the American League stuff, but it was just uh you know, and then the following year, 2000 uh you know, 2011, 2012, he had tent played another full season in the American League. Um still hasn't gotten any NHL time yet, but um he had 10 fights. Um Couple against uh, Luke LeBlanc and uh, Anthony Peluso. Him and Anthony Peluso had a bit of a rivalry going. Um, they they always had some entertaining tilts. Again, this is kind of that run where in Dallas he's just not getting into the like he's just not getting call ups. Uh, 2012, 2013. Again, a full season in the American League. Twelve fights. Um, really great fight with Tristan Grant again. Uh, Brandon Bolig. Um, has, uh, has a two fight game on New Year's against Eric Lizon, who, uh, you know, of course he had played in the Central League with Wichita and stuff, and he gets called up to OKC. Um, hit the pretty good, pretty good tilts. Um, Eric Selleck, Sorrentini, uh, Daniel Maggio. I mean, you know, so he's, he's fighting name guys. Uh, then we get to, uh, 2013-2014, he finally gets into a uh, preseason fight. He's still playing with Dallas, fights Eric Selleck. Um, and then the, uh, sorry folks, my my notes, I'm kind of, uh, I'm all over the place. I kind of messed myself up. Um, he played the preseason with Dallas, and this is 2013-2014. Uh, but he got uh, got put on waivers, and Edmonton picked him up. And uh, he uh, he played the full season in the NHL. That, he played 67 games that year. Uh, with the Oilers and uh, 67 games, two goals, two assists, 127 minutes, and uh, he had 15 fights in the NHL that year. And uh, his his very first uh, regular season NHL fight uh, was against uh, Chris Thorburn of the Jets. Um, he he also scored in this game. It's a hell of an NHL debut. Uh, he scores and gets into a fight with uh, with uh, Thorburn and and, and really. You know, it was quick and dirty. He he worked over Thorburn, and uh, so yeah, right away the uh, the Edmonton folks are like, "Oh, we're digging this guy," and uh, yeah, hell of a hell of a debut. Um, a couple nights later, he fights Tom Sacito of Vancouver. Again, um, Sacito's kind of doing the uh, the kind of the left handed jersey jab thing. He's kind of he does land one good one, but. Uh, yeah, Gazdick just kind of lands the heavier shots and, and again, looks really impressive in his fight. Um, you know, I'm not going to go blow for blow with these. It's more just, uh, and like I said, all these fights are available, um, on YouTube. So you can, you know, follow along and whatever. Um, but yeah, and the next fight, uh, they're playing Montreal. He fights Brandon Prust. Funny enough, he actually throws a huge hit on Josh George's. Clean hit, and they're still fighting. It was funny at this time. I don't remember people in 2013 crying that they had to fight after clean hits. But uh, anyway, Gazdick throws the hit on George's. Prust fights him. Um, outsized. Um, Prust does a, a kind of... He's yanking him a lot. And, uh, like, uh, you know, kind of gets Gazdick off balance a few times. But he's not... He's, he can't... He just can't get inside on Gazdick. And he's not really... Prust isn't really landing anything. And uh, he's trying, but he can't just get inside on him. And Gazdick goes down, gets up, goes down, gets up. But um, he eventually, you know, he's throwing his wild rights and his uppercuts and everything else. He eventually catches, actually catches Prust with a pretty solid one and puts him down. Um, it wasn't a KO or TKO or anything, but 
it was a pretty solid shot and put, uh, you know, the, with the momentum and everything, put press down. Um, again, really strong showing by Gaznik. And he's, here he is, he's running around, he's throwing his weight around. Um, I can remember at this time, my, the, my buddy that I was talking about, Mike, who now at this point lives in Edmonton, I can remember him, um, you know, telling me about, uh, about this Gazdick. He's like, yeah, man. And he goes, like, I know you don't watch anymore, but you should check out this Gazdick guy. And I had, obviously had seen some of the clips and I had heard obviously about him through the American League and stuff like that, but I wasn't like right on top of like, oh, I could give you a blow by blow of Gazdick's career. But he's like, yeah, you got to see this. Like he's looking because my buddy's not like he likes fights and everything, but he's not on the internet looking up fights or anything like that. He just, he watches games. Right. And uh, he's an Oilers fan. So he's like, yeah, he's like, this guy's looking really good. Like, who is this guy? He's like, tell me more about this Gazdick guy. Cause he knows I'm the fight guy. Right. But uh yeah. So Gazdick at this point to really cruise along his next fights against Jordan Nolan of the Kings. Um, it's, it's kind of just, uh, you know, real, um, quick and dirty and, um, you know, no one's throwing the lefts. Gazdick's throwing the wild haymaker rights and they both smack each other a few times and they go down. It's, you know, whatever. It's just it's quick and dirty. Um, the next fights with Rose Hill. This is the fight I was talking about. This is a really good fight. They, you know, Rose Hill really kind of catches them. Uh, I would give Rose Hill the W in this, but I mean, by no means that like, you know, oh, he destroyed him. Like, no, he didn't destroy him. Like, Gazdick's right with him. But Rosell just lands kind of the, maybe the more telling, more solid shots. But overall, ah, uh, you know, good, good tilt. Um, again, yeah. And, of course, anybody that listened to the episode when I did the Rosell spotlight, I was talking about this fight in particular. And that's when I said, I, I got to do a player spotlight on Gazdick. Because he has this, like, again, he ain't throwing lefts. You're getting all rights. But he's got this, like I said, you watch Gazdick fight enough times, you'll see he's got the uppercut thing going. Like a Lyndon Byers kind of deal. Byers is a much more pronounced uppercut. This is sort of like a, uh, it's like a razor ruddock punch. We'll put it that way. It's like the, it's like a rock'em sock'em robot. You know, they throw those punches, extended uppercut kind of punches. Go watch some Gazdick fights. You'll know what I'm talking about. I really dated myself with the razor ruddock line there. Um, his next fight, Brian McGratton. Um, again, this fight, again, I would, I would give McGratton, Gazdick's with him the whole way. I would give McGratton the win. The one thing you'll notice when you watch this fight, it just seems like McGratton's just on him. It's like a tidal wave and he just kind of keeps coming. Um, again, it's not like, oh, he busts him up and beat the shit out of him. Like, no, I mean, Gazdick's thrown back too, but McGratton definitely has the, um, kind of, just the overwhelming punches and just, uh, yeah, it's just, it's hard to explain. If you watch the fight, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, then the next fight is with Jared Bull. Um, wild swings, kind of a lot of missing. Um, you know, probably both ended up with colds after from the wind, but, uh, I like Jared Bull, but, uh, as well, but, uh, yeah, back and forth. And then the next fight, uh, Bortolo, Patrick Bortolo and, uh, Basically, yeah, they're going back and forth, but Gazdick drills them. And it's basically like a standing TKO. Bortolo, to his credit, doesn't go down. He hangs in there, but he's fucked. You can see it. And Gazdick lands a few more on him, and the refs get in there. And Bortolo, you can just see it on his face. But yeah, this is stiff. And yeah, Gazdick hammered him. Um, then the next fight's with Lucic. Again, solid shots. Um, 
Luch, uh, Gazdick definitely lands like two of the real stiffer shots and he gets, he gets Lucic with that uppercut. Lucic doesn't go down or back up or anything, but it's like, you can see his head snap back. Um, really good, good fight though. Um, next fight was with Mark Stewart. Um, with, you know, not that he's a big fighter, but he hit Yakupov. So Gazdick, clean hit, but Gazdick came in and dummied him, whatever. It wasn't much of a fight. Um, next fights with Sean Thornton. Um, again, a lot of names he's fighting here, you know, again, you got 2013, right? So, uh, yeah, but Thornton goes right after him, probably for the Lucic fight. Um, you know, and they're losing and Thornton wants to kind of get things going real kind of shit camera work in this. Um, it looks like Gazdick, it's right. He gets pushed up against the player's bench, but it looks like Gazdick catches Thornton and Thornton goes down. Again, he's not hurt. He gets up, but it's like, I think his punch, I think the punch caught him, but it's hard. They don't do a replay and it's kind of shot from this goofy angle. So it's hard to tell. Um, so I don't know if it was a momentum thing or, but it looked like Gazdick landed really the only punch of the fight. Um, uh, next fights with Clayton Stoner. Um, all Gazdick got Gazdick kind of knocks him down with a right at the end. And, um, yeah, so I mean, so I mean, Gazdick's really cruising along, and um, the next fights, it, yeah, this next one, Battle of Alberta, he fights Kevin Westgarth, and um, it's it's all Gazdick, and Gazdick fucking drops him hard, and and Westgarth down. This is one of those hockey fights where it's like, you know, when they say shit just got real, shit just got real, and uh, you know, you know, Westgarth needed help getting off the ice. Um, Gazdick caught him and it's one of those things where it is the reality of fighting and I think uh I've I've said this with a bunch of knockouts and stuff like that you know everything's fine and dandy everyone loves to fight until someone gets until reality sets in and then it smacks them right in the face and all of a sudden it's like this they they somehow think this I don't know if people get desensitized to it and we're all I think we're all guilty of it we you know watch so many fights and you just you watch these guys punching each other it's like, oh yeah but when a guy really gets dropped, like, and it's scary looking, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, that's, that's what can really happen in a fight. And it's like reality. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, you need to ban fighting now. I don't like it anymore. What'd you think you were watching this whole time? Like, what'd you think was happening? Like, I, it's just like, you know, and it's one, and this is one of those fights where it's like, check yourself now. Cause it's like, yeah, the violence is real. The fights are real. This isn't. This isn't fuck around. It's patty. This isn't patty cake. It's a serious shit. These guys are on ice. They're throwing bombs. And Gazdick threw to hurt. He wasn't throwing for show. And Westgarth was going for it too. And Gazdick just caught him. And Gazdick hit, man. Watching these fights going through this, Gazdick could punch. And he could hit it real hard. And Bordalo found it out. Lucic found it out. Thornton did. Now Westgarth is. And this is a rookie year, man. And Gazdick's putting on a hell of a show for in a rookie season, real solid. And um, yeah, man, it's this is a brutal knockout. Um, next one, Zen and Kanopka. When Kanopka's Buffalo, love Z, um, overmatched. Uh, Gazdick used his weight and pushed him around. Kanopka went looking for it. Buffalo's down. Zenin's, you know, he doesn't. He's not got to back down. Um, he went looking for it. You know, trying to spark his crew. It fought real smart, like he does. Got inside, wrestled with him. Kanopka was just. It was more just, I'm going to show that I'll fight him. Um, but he was, you know, Gazdick used his size and pushed him around. But uh, nothing really, Matt, nothing really happened in this one. Um, 
And then the final fight of the season, and I give Kevin Westgarth full marks. Um, he's back. It was three weeks after the knockout. He comes right back and he fights Gazdick. Um, fought safe. Like, you don't doubt that he would. I don't blame him. Um, you know, he kind of did a lot of hanging on, swinging and missing. Um, it was a safe, he fought a smart fight. It was a safe fight. I don't blame him. But you got to get back in the saddle. And you know, his confidence was probably shaken. And because at that point, that was probably. I'd be willing to, again, I don't know Westgar's whole career, but I'd be willing to bet that that was probably the um, kind of the the stiffest knockout that he ever took. And, uh, yeah. Uh, The following year, 2014-2015, actually, Gazdick had off-season shoulder surgery. So they initially sent him... Uh, to the American League uh, for conditioning. He gets into one fight with Fraser McLaren. So, hey, if you're going to test it out, that's a good guy to test it again. Test it with. Um, again, solid fight back and forth. Both guys are swinging wild. Kind of the same style. same Pretty much the same height. McLaren might have him by an inch. But um, it's a good test for the shoulder because they kind of, you know, they're they're extended out. And I don't know what shoulder he had done, but... Regardless, I mean, he's they're ragdolling each other and they're throwing wild punches of the other one. So his shoulder got work anyway. And uh, yeah, solid back and forth. Um, and then this year with the Oilers, um, he played 40 games, had 43 minutes, hit seven NHL fights. Um, first fight returning back was against BJ Crombean. Um, Crombean didn't really do much. He just held on. Um, next fight, Anthony Peluso. Uh, a real good back and forth. Uh, really good fight. Um you know, I wouldn't claim victory either way. It's just a real good, solid bout. Um, next fight was against, actually, of all guys, uh, Delory. I didn't even know Delory. That's how much I pay attention. I didn't know Delory played in Buffalo. Um, not much. Gaznik was more aggressive. I mean, it wasn't wasn't much of a fight though. Um, the next fight was with Derek England, who was playing for uh, Calgary at the time, and this is a real solid tilt. They go back and forth, smack the shit out of each other. Um, Either call it a win either way if you want. I, I just call it a draw, whatever. But it's just a really good fight. Um, then he fights Chris Neal, the old vet. Um, Neal's just kind of throwing lefts and stuff. But I was kind of remember thinking, like, I'm, I was surprised Neal was throwing as many lefts as he was. Well, it turns out he broke his thumb in this fight, so I think that's probably why he ended up throwing the lefts like he did. But at wild swinging, um, Gazdick kind of overwhelmed Neil a little bit, I would say, but, uh, uh, yeah. but Neil was with him. I mean, Neil took shots and didn't go down even with the busted up hand. Uh, he didn't bail on the fight. He stood there and was in the pocket with him. Um, you know, like he would Neil. I mean, he, it was, yeah, it's just solid little, solid little go. Um, Anthony Peluso again, again, um, these guys just have good fights back and forth. And Anthony Peluso is another guy for a new age guy. I was a fan of, um, you know, I don't know how many fights because they fought in the American league a bunch of times. They probably fought in junior too. Um, but yeah, really good fights. I was a fan of both these guys. Um, and then the final fight of that season was against Jared bowl again, back and forth swing, miss, maybe hit, you know, um, you know, at this point, like I said, Gazdix, um, you know, couple seasons in the NHL and, uh, and, and he's looked really good. Um, you know, but it's, it's one of those things. It's, um, it's the new age NHL and it's just like, you're not going to 
It's not like the old days where you're going to play, you know, you're going to have these guys and, you know, you're going to get in a spot and, play, and homestead and play 70 games, 60 games a year and, you know, have a seven, eight year, maybe get the 400 games, get your pension and, and everything. It's like, no, it's the new age. And, uh, you know, despite having that two year run there at Edmonton, where really the only fight he lost, McGratton, and even then, it wasn't like he got murdered, you know. So, I mean, he's pretty much either drawn or winning his fights in two years. And then, you know, he plays 2015, 2016. Um, you know, he ends up playing 29 games with the Oilers. And, and uh, you know, and then, he, and then he goes down to Oklahoma City. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. It's, uh, it's just you're not around for much, right? Um, you know, he plays in the preseason. And he fights... Uh, Christian Follen, you know, whoever that may be. And Gazik just kind of overwhelms the kid. And, you know, that's, that's that. Um, then he, then he has the, the four NHL fights. And, um, you know, this is his last run with the Oilers. He fights Derek England again. Um, England probably lands the, England definitely lands the best punch, but again, pretty much even, uh, fights Kyle Clifford, you know, um, Clifford's kind of throwing short and Gazdick's kind of just landing a little better and, um, you know, fights Patrick Maroon, typical Maroon fight. Actually, it was, uh, you know, Maroon threw the hit and Gazdick came in and, uh, you know, Gazdick's swinging a miss and Maroon's kind of not really showing again, just wrestling, not doing anything. Like, uh, I really don't know what Maroon's deal is. It's just whatever. Um, and then his final fight with the Oilers was, uh, against San Jose, against Mike Brown, uh, the smaller Mike Brown. Um, Brown throws a hit, again, throws the hit, um, Gazdick grabs him, um, kind of wrestling. They're not really throwing much. The one thing you'll notice if you watch this fight though, it's kind of right towards the end. Gazdick's kind of loading up the right and he's got the right back cock and it kind of waiting for Brown's head to kind of come up a bit. The friggin' linesman grabs Gazdick's arm. You know, it's like in the middle of the, the ref doesn't grab, the other guy hasn't grabbed Brown yet, but this guy grabs Gazdick's punching hand. It's like, oh, you morons. Like, what are you doing? Like, just stay out. Uh, but yeah, tw- you know, and then, and then it gets down to 2016, 2017. Um, he is, uh, you know, he, he is, uh, released by the Oilers and signed by the New Jersey Devils. And he ends up playing, um, what is it? 11 games with New Jersey. Um, you know, he has two, two fights in the NHL and, uh, and, and, and three in the American league in, um, in, in 37 games with Albany. Um, so at this point, you know, I, I think maybe he can even probably see the writing on the wall a little bit. Um, you know, as, as far as his, uh, as his, as his NHL fights go, we had the two fights again, he fights Chris Neal, um, when he's with New Jersey and, um, I don't know. It's, it, it's a solid tilt, a lot of rights. Um, you know, just, just, yeah, just a solid go. And then it's, and then actually, and then Tom, and then Tom Wilson is, uh, is, is Gazdick's, um, uh, final, final NHL fight and, uh, in regular season with Tom Wilson and, and Wilson's, uh, you know, just the young kid at this point. But, uh, yeah, he doesn't doesn't really show much. Uh, it's all Gazdick, and uh, 
you know, and then he's and then he's off to the American League where he fights, you know, Zach Sorrentini, uh, which actually isn't a bad fight, and then and Gillen Lapine. But uh, you know, at this point, I, I I'm feeling for Gazdick, man. I mean, you know, you, you have a, you have a solid kind of run there in the NHL. You basically go undefeated in your fights, in your thirty some NHL fights, and you're you know you're sent off to pasture and. Uh, you know, in the off season with New Jersey, he gets he gets released, and Calgary signs him, and um, you know he, he plays the one preseason game uh, with the Flames, and he fights Dustin Bufflin, which the video isn't available, but it's Bufflin, so the fight would suck, and uh, Bufflin could hit, but he couldn't fight worth a shit, and then uh, you know he plays uh, the, the a full season, sixty one games with the with the Stockton Heat, and. Uh, you know, gets in, gets into five fights. Uh, Dylan McElrath, um, you know, not not a bad little go. Uh, you know, it's kind of a back and forth. Uh, I would definitely give the advantage to Gazdick. Uh, the next fight's against Limbus. Um, I will say I forgot with the Bufflin fight. I will say there was probably a little, there was probably might have been a little bit of history there because when Gazdick played with the Oilers, he gets a suicide pass up along the boards and Bufflin just drills him. And it's solid open ice hit, and uh, Gazik stays down for a while. He felt that one, so I'm sure he had a little heat with the buff after that. But uh, yeah, so there would have been some bad feelings in that fight. Um, but going back to the American League, yeah, he fights Limbus, um, Jamie Duvain a couple times, Kale Cassie. Um, the, although this one, there, this is uh, this is the the the. It's probably when Gazik was just like, "What are we doing?" Uh, his fight with Kessie, um, they they got kicked out for fighting off the faceoff, and uh, yeah, so you could probably see. I I think obviously at that point, I can guarantee if you ever talked to Luke Gastic, he would probably be like, "Yeah, that's when I knew the writing was on the wall that uh, I am no longer needed in this game." Um, and then the following year, 2018, 2019, he plays twenty games with the San Diego Gulls, uh, seven points actually. Um, but yeah, he fights three times and, um, he fights Curtis McDermott. Um, I don't know to me, I, I, I don't have anything against Curtis McDermott, but I mean, this idea that I've seen some people think McDermott's the toughest guy in the league now, it's like, Oh, come on again with this American league fight. It's the same thing. McDermott's just sitting there leaning back, throwing Jersey jabs, landing nothing. It's a bunch of Jersey jab. Gazdick hits him a couple times in the side of the head and whatever. Um, and then he fights Jamie Duvain a couple times. Those are his three fights. And, uh, and then the following year, like I said, he's still in San Diego, but he plays the seven games and then that's it. And, uh, he fights in the preseason once against Jacob Doty. And, uh, unfortunately that video is not around because I think that would have been a really good fight. Gazdick and Doty is a fight I'd like to see, but, uh, and that's actually a, a, a preseason AHL game. So, yeah, he kind of went in, played seven games, picked up a minor penalty, and probably was like, yeah, peace out, I'm out of here. So um, it was sort of a real um, anticlimactic sort of ending to his NHL career, unfortunately. He was just a circum, just a product of the environment, right? And it's just that role went away, and uh, he was an unfortunate victim of it. And he got sent out to pasture. And like I said, it was really a shame because he, like those two Oilers seasons there, he looked awesome. I mean, I can, I can say as I sit here watching, I've watched all his NHL fights. He was basically undefeated in the NHL. I mean, 
you know, you could, like I said, you could say McGrath beat him or maybe England beat him to the punch a couple times or whatever, but it was like, well, put it this way, Luke Gazdick in the NHL never got beat up. He never got pummeled or dummied or dropped or anything, or he might have got outpunched a little bit, but he never got murdered. And, uh, you know, how many guys can say that? Now, you know, it's a shame that he didn't play longer, but Gazdick was the real deal, man. He was legit. He could th- he threw hard. He threw bombs. Like I said, buckled a couple guys. Um, he had that right hand that was wild swinging. And then he had that like like I said that that it's, it's, it's not even an uppercut. Well, it's an uppercut, but it's hard to explain. Like I said, if you watch Gazdick fight, as soon as he's as soon as he throws it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't know what you'd call it. It's an underneath punch anyway, and he catches guys with it. It stings them, and uh, and it's. And then he comes back with the overhand right, and it's like, like I said, he, he, he wasn't a, you know, he certainly wasn't going to tie you up and cross grip and throw lefts and come back with rights. I mean, yeah, he wasn't, uh, you know, he certainly wasn't, you know, a Darren Langdon scientist type guy or anything like that. You were you were getting the right, and that's what you were getting. But um, he, it was a fun watch, man. I know I kind of blew through this and whatever. I mean, like I said, there's only so many audio descriptions of a fight you can give, but. Um, and I'm sitting here in the dark and it's now 11 o'clock and whatever, but, um, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed watching Gazdick and, uh, yeah, I highly recommend that's my, my player spotlight is for you guys. That's a homework assignment for you guys to go down the rabbit hole and check out Luke Gazdick. Um, I know there's a lot of guys, always a newer guy, so you probably did watch him, but you know, like I said, we all watch stuff when it all sort of gets convoluted and kind of all rolled into one and you forget stuff. Um, believe me, go down the Gazdick rabbit hole. You will not be disappointed. And like I said, you can go really in depth because a lot of his OHL stuff is out there too. And like I said, he had that really nice fight with Newer, and I'm sure there's a bunch of OHL fights that I'm going to, I'm actually going to go check out later, um, that I didn't re- recap, but, uh, I'm going to definitely check out. I'm a, I'm a fan and I was a fan before. Like I liked what I saw from him, but to, like I said, when you do, when I do these dives and you do the rabbit hole thing and you spend like an hour or two watching just clip going through the guy's clips and it's like, holy shit. Like, yeah, Gazdick was legit, man. He could bang and he was, he, you know, he was throwing hard. And, uh, actually it was one of the fight, the fight with Kanopka in Buffalo. Um, it's in Buffalo and they go, uh, whatever the feed was. It was the Buffalo feed that I was watching the clip from because they go to the, between the bench, they had Rob Ray between the benches. He does the between the benches deal. And Ray was talking about, and he's like, oh yeah, it's like, Ray obviously kind of pumped Kanopka's tires and stuff, but Kanopka didn't really do much in the fight. But even Ray said, oh yeah, the boys have been talking about this Gazdick kid and, uh, and, and how he's been, you know, punching and hurting guys. And, uh, that was the big talk around here. So, yo, you know, Kanopka was going to go for him and, and Kanopka did go for him. But, uh, like even Ray was kind of like, obviously the talk was out that, uh, that this kid from Edmonton could hit and, uh, and he could. And, and, uh, like I said, it was a it was a fun, uh, I, and he, he kind of has the hair and the right hand. I'm like, oh man, I wish this guy played in the '90s. Oh, I could see Gazdick fitting right in. And like I said, he had the size too, like six four two thirty, bought dropping right hand bombs. Like you could see him fitting right in in the '90s. Oh, it would have been tremendous with the long. He eventually got the hair cut, but when he was the Oilers there, he had the long hair when he first came up, and uh, would have been beautiful to see him in the '90s. So um, yeah. I loved it. Um, it. Like I said, it was cool to see him on Sportsnet doing the commentary. I don't know if they if he's a regular guest on the show or, or whatever, but it was cool to see him on there. I'm glad he's you know he got a gig after hockey, and uh, 
you know, because obviously, you know, yeah, he played 100, you know, he made some NHL money for a little bit and stuff, but obviously, you know, not millions or anything, but uh, unfortunately for him, but, uh, um, so, you know, gotta get a, gotta get a real job, so hopefully the, the Sportsnet gig works out for him, um, but anyway, I'm looking at the thing, all of a sudden, holy shit, I've talked for like an hour and a half, I did what did I talk about tonight, holy shit, you guys, I rambled about about nothing, of course, I always say that like I'm talking, like I have some big, you know, like my shows are real well crafted, well crafted, and everything else usually, yeah, isn't it usually just me friggin' yapping away, but, there you go, those are my notes on Luke Gazdick, tremendous, I highly encourage you to go down the rabbit hole, you will not be disappointed, but, uh, you know, I know you're just probably disappointed with this episode, so, I'm gonna get out of here, but I want to thank you very much for tuning in, um, if you happen to be on social media, I don't know why you do that to yourself, but, like I said, check me out, fourth line voice on facebook as well as on twitter um i'm always putting up pictures and videos and all that sort of thing or you can check out my youtube channel fourth line voice on youtube i have over 2500 videos on there all the all leagues so whatever league you're looking for just put, type it in the search engine boom everything's sorted up it'll come and uh like i said you can get lost for days on that channel for sure and uh as i always say the only thing i ask from you guys the listeners if you could do it if you could review my show, rate it, uh, whatever internet or whatever podcast site you're, iTunes, Spotify, whatever platform you're listening to, if you could review the show, yeah, like I said, when you, I always say review. I'm not saying, oh, you got to write 17 sentences and talk about the show. No, just good work or you suck or whatever. I like the episode, whatever, or just hit and then hit the star rating because. Um, that's actually, that's how the algorithms work out for those sites. So if you like, say you're listening to whatever, Leafs Lunch or whatever, then on the side it says related shows. Um, not that my show would be related to Leafs Lunch, but anyway, but that's how you get into the related searches, so to speak. Same thing on YouTube. If you, if you watch one of my fight clips and you enjoyed it on YouTube, hit the little thumbs up button. Or if you like the channel, please subscribe to it. Again, YouTube loves that sort of shit. So it's like, again, that gets me into the algorithms. So I always say, not just for my show, but for Alex's show, Joe's show, or whatever podcast you happen to be listening to, or whatever YouTube show. Help the creators out, guys. This is what it's all about. These people, we take time out of our lives to kind of, to create stuff. And again, I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about any YouTube channel that you enjoy. Subscribe to the channel. And, and like, give the button, the video the thumbs up. Yeah, it's a whole, oh, I gave it a thumbs up. Oh, that's there, you know. Believe me, that that helps. YouTube loves that shit. It helps in the algorithm, and it helps the creator out. Same thing when you review the podcast. Um, you know, it it, it, just, it helps the people that are creating these shows. So if there's a podcast you really enjoy, review, leave a review, or leave a star rating, because that helps that show up. That's the little things that you can do to help out uh, a social media creator. So there you go. And download, don't stream. That's all I ask from you guys. I don't ask much. But I ask for that. But I always say, I know there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hockey podcasts out there. Believe me, I know. And uh, the fact that you took time out of your life to listen to this, I greatly appreciate it. I, I really do. I'm not joking. Um, I'm always humbled by the, the feedback and, uh, and and the fact that people are listening is, is great. And I, and I love it. So thank you very much. And uh, I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoy sitting down here in the dark and talking to you guys and rant and raving and telling stories and uh and reviewing fights and player spotlights and everything else so thank you very much but uh i'm gonna get out of here i'll be back on wednesday to talk to you guys 
Um, trying to, I got some player interviews. I've talked, I talked to some guys while I was in Edmonton, uh, through private message. So hopefully I got some guys coming up here and, uh, and yeah, maybe I'll have to, maybe I'll get old Harper, double H Harrison Harper on here. He's a, get him. Maybe we'll do a Stanley cup preview show. <laughs> well, not really. We'll talk about other things, but maybe we'll, you know, to, for, I know some of you folks listening still watch, so we'll talk maybe some current shit, but I'll get Alec on as well to talk about the East Coast League guys. And, uh, Jay in Iowa, we'll talk some Southern Pro. Hey, what I, I gotta admit, folks, like I said, I'm a minor league guy. Um, well, I'm not a current hockey guy at all, but if I was gonna be, I'm, uh, the minor leagues has, has always been my thing. So, you're, this is a minor, there we go. Nothing says minor league like this podcast. So, uh, anyway. I got, I'll have some guests for you guys coming up here. So let's get out of here. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. Let's have a good work week and let's attack it. And uh, I'll talk to you cats on Wednesday. Thanks, guys. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 